this is Grady Summers. I'm FireEye's Chief Technology Officer, and I'm the host for the FireEye Ion Security Podcast. We're here at Black Hat Conference this week, and I'm uh, here with Russell Teague. Russell's uh, Vice President and Executive Director at Mandiant. He's responsible for our uh, U.S. Central Region as well as Latin America. He also heads up our uh, strategic services, which has been a fast-growing area of Mandiant services. So, Russell, thanks a lot for being with us. Welcome, Grady. So what's your background? What have you done both at Mandiant and prior to joining Mandiant? So I've been here at Mandiant um, a little more than a year and a half. Prior to Mandiant, I was at IBM doing information security and privacy services globally. We helped build out the um, security and privacy practice for for IBM. And then prior to that, I did 10 years in the Army Intel field focused on secure data communications and securing um, international data coming back from our war zones. So, you know, there are almost daily headlines about security breaches. We read about it every single day. You know, based on your experience, what are some things that organizations ought to be doing to better respond to breaches? Uh, there are a number of things that uh, an organization can focus on. One of the most critical things I always like to bring to the surface is an organization's ability to detect, respond, and contain attacks. And so when you start thinking about their ability to recognize um, proactive attacks going against them, their ability to detect that is is the, really the ability to monitor and detect the alerts that are coming in and then understand them in a meaningful way to actually drive action, um, to, which really gets us into the next element around response. Your ability to respond to those threats, um, it, it really is a way to collect those events, the logs, do the analysis, and determine whether it is a targeted attack or whether it is um, you know, an anomaly within the data traffic. And then really determining once a decision is made that it is an attack against the environment, move into a containment situation. Mm-hmm. So um, really to stop the attack and ultimately stop the data loss or data exfiltration from the yeah. environment. We talk a lot about detect, respond, contain, and it almost sounds trite now because it's, it's obvious, right? Everyone needs to focus on that. But how do you see that is different from what a lot of security programs are doing today? I mean, are people not on, on the bandwagon with that yet? Yeah, we're still seeing a lot of organizations that maybe have the capability or the, or the technology, but they don't don't really understand how to correlate it all together. Yeah. Um, and they're not, um, a lot of organizations are still not using the intelligence-driven model. Um, we talk about intelligence and injecting that into um, your detection and analysis capability. We do that through our IOCs um, and really building that intelligence into what are you looking at in your logs to detect where it's coming from and then actually determine who potentially the attacker is coming in yeah. against your environment. You know, on our podcast, we just uh, recently talked with Marshall Hallman, who heads up the incident response and red team services for Mandian. And Mandian is very well known for its incident response. Some of the services you head up are newer. How do Mandian services help for some of these things we've just talked about? Yeah, in um, a number of ways. The strategic services really begin to focus more on the proactive side. Um, think of them as initially we working with your organization um, to determine what is your state of, uh, your, what is your ability to detect, respond, and contain. We're really looking at it from what is your technology, what is your, your, your people, mm-hmm. what is the, the processes that you've implemented. Is it, is it documented? Is it repeatable? And do you have use cases established around the threat, the primary threat risk? You know, a lot of times we focus on those critical assets mm-hmm. and an organization needing to be able to understand what those critical assets are and then develop the right set of controls and processes around them. One of our assessments is a security program assessment. It goes through and actually looks at the 10 critical domains okay. um, and, and really um, assesses your organization from a maturity perspective. Um, it does a comparative analysis against 
your peer group within your industry, and then really shows where you need to improve your organization over a period of time. Yeah. And then we have follow-on services to be able to help you mature those organizations as we move into transformational work. Um, and then year over year, we can come back and assess your improvement yeah. from, from an overall program perspective. It's interesting. You know, I know when we rate organizations against others in their industry, it's sometimes hard for orgs to realize they don't always have to be the best. They don't always have to be the five out of five on a capability yeah. maturity model. Like, how do you, when you work with companies, how do you help them figure out where they need to be? Yeah, we try to do a comparative analysis. Obviously, there are organizations that want to be, you know, um, leading. They want to lead the pack. Yeah. There are organizations that want to be fast followers, yeah. right? And it's really around the core of where they want to fit in. The, the one place they don't want to be is they don't want to be behind the power yeah, curve, easy, right? Yeah. Because yeah. those those are the ones that end up on the front page, um, or they end up calling us from an IR service and and, uh, and and dealing with it in a reactive way. And so the goal is really to understand what's the right level of security for your organization. And we can help you determine that based upon whether you're in the financial sector or pharmaceutical mm-hmm. or um, healthcare. Yeah, you know any one of those core things. We can show you some metrics, and the comparative usually shows best of breed. Yeah, um, where you currently are and where some of the, some of the organizations are are below you. So it gives you a, pers- a full perspective of where you're running in relationship to potentially your peer group. Okay, good. So we've talked a lot lately about uh, boards of directors getting a lot more involved in information security. What do you see as the role of the board of directors in setting the agenda for security at a company? Yeah, it's a great question because I think you know the, the board of directors really begins to set that that core strategic direction. Um, you know, many companies that have experienced um, either breaches or major security exposures um, have a, a major security initiative at a strategic imperative within the top three um, organizations that maybe have not experienced that um, and maybe not have moved into a proactive world, um, maybe still not, does not have it prioritized as one of their core initiatives. Right. So the, the board setting that strategic plan, really looking at what their core mission value um, statements are and how they build in that security component into their strategic imperatives, really begin to drive the culture of an organization from the top down to the down to the lowest level of the organization. Yeah. What do you see um, kind of for boards that are engaged in this topic? I'm often asked how often should the board be briefed on cybersecurity? Um, how do you typically see that handled? It's um, I hate to say it, but it's it's a wide range yeah. um, for organizations that do this fairly well. They're meeting on a more regular basis. Right. Typically, every audit committee meeting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, whether you see it monthly on on strategic committees that are focused on security, yeah. all the way up to quarterly board meetings where where they're, they're spe- specifically speaking on to you know the state of their security within their enterprise. Yeah. I read something recently about uh, some uh, companies actually developing a sort of an offshoot of the audit committee, like a cyber risk committee that focuses yeah. on that. Have you seen that at all? We have, and a lot of the a lot of the the big organizations, big financials, big pharmaceuticals, um, big um, healthcare organizations have moved into having security risk committees. Usually, a board member is a chair of that organization, yeah. and they'll go through and they'll actually go through the risk roster, look uh-huh. at the, the 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 core risks that that faces an organization, and set strategic plans on a. On on a, either a monthly or quarterly basis. Yeah, yeah. I guess the key being it just lets you devote a lot more time to, to drilling into mm-hmm. all those those risk items. And I think you know once you raise it to that level of focus, right now you've got you've got senior leadership supporting the mission. You've got core funding being focused on it, and the team really has a path. Right? Yeah. it's a defined roadmap at that point. It's no longer the the, the lower level organization trying to push some decisions up. Yeah, um, and yeah. so sometimes you do have those situations where the security teams need to be driving that message up and really evolving um, senior leadership and the board. Okay. Well, on that point, you know, we work with some 
organizations where the CISO um, is very comfortable um, dressing the board and making sure they've got the right mind share. What advice would you give to how, how should an organization, how should a CISO be engaging the board of directors? Yeah, uh, one way, I mean, if it, if security is not already a strategic imperative and you've got uh, an organization that maybe has a new CISO or a security organization that's still trying to evolve and develop itself within an organization, a good way is to open that, that conversation up in a meaningful way. One approach we often see is where they'll engage us to actually do either a tabletop exercise or a facilitated session where we'll walk through end-to-end the experience of maybe dealing with a, a target attack mm-hmm. or dealing with a breach reach. And that allows us to work not only with the, the technologists that are doing, so maybe at the, at the security operations center level or at the, um, at the CERT level, the, the response team level, but then it also goes up all the way up to executive decisioning, right? Escalation and communications, yeah. board level decisions around how we're going to react to that potential security breach. Do we engage um, internal or external counsel? Yeah. Do you engage corporate communications, privacy? You know, and so really walking through that in a scenario in a safe environment gives everybody the perspective, not only the technologists, but all the way up to the senior executives and potential the board, what it's like to go through that experience. Yeah. And it really opens the dialogue up and allows people to have a meaningful conversation around what is the importance of this and then potentially what is the impact to our business if we were to be breached. I that, that last piece there about getting the board involved in that exercise is key. I, I see a lot of incident response plans that uh, they, they heavily involve IT, or maybe now they're starting to engage PR or legal. Uh, but gauging the board, I think, really helps them understand like what what is our role mm-hmm. when there's a major breach. Yeah, I, I mean, I like to always say. Yeah, I mean, you want to go through some real experiences before it's a it's a reality. I have a military background, and so one of the things I used to always um, sort of live my life by is train as you would, right? As you as you would fight. So in this instance, train today as you will need to perform tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Well, Russell, thanks very much for joining us today on the podcast. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, Grady.